Hello, and welcome to the All Saints Podcast. I'm Hugh Cole. Thank you so much for joining us this week. It's great to have you. This week, we have a sermon from our seminarian, Andrew Lazo, for Sunday, November 7th, 2021. I hope you enjoy. Let me tell you, preaching is a good gig. For the next 10 minutes, no mask. And then I get to sit in the bishop's chair right by the choir. Best seat in the house. You should think about doing that. I have, some war- I have a warning for you. I'm going to break the rules today. My first rector said, when you preach, don't ever try to combine all four readings. My homiletics professor said, preach four sermons. Don't try to combine all four readings. But neither of them are here. (laughs) You are going to need your bulletin. Pull that thing out. We're going to refer to it today. There are two themes in what I want to speak to you about today. The Lord sees us, and the Lord cares for us. The Lord is always on the lookout for those He loves. And His response to seeing us is to supply all that we need. Now, if you paid attention during the Gospel reading, I think I know what you may be thinking. Oh, it's stewardship season, isn't it? (laughs) Don't worry, I always turn off NPR when they do their membership drive, and so this is not going to be a stewardship sermon. Amen? Everybody but Jennifer responded. Look at that first reading from 1 Kings 7.15. God miraculously supplies all that we need. You heard the story. A widow and her son are about to starve, but God has sent the prophet to be fed by her. God didn't bother informing her ahead of time, but that's kind of how God is sometimes. And here's what the scripture says. She went, when Elijah arrived and asked for a little bread, she went and did as Elijah said, so that she as well as he and her household ate for many days. The jar of meal was not emptied, neither did the jug of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Man, I want a jar like that. There are a couple of things to notice about the widow's response in this passage in 1 Kings. She didn't answer, she didn't ask any questions. She didn't complain. She obeyed the word of God. She did what the prophet told her to do, even though the answer seemed far beyond her means, and her understanding. Why is this so important? Because of those two themes. 
God saw her and God provided for her more than she could ask or imagine. Do you remember any other stories in the Bible where God miraculously provided for people? Yes? Manna from heaven, water from a rock, more quail than they could shake a stick at. What else? The loaves and the fishes? 20,000 people. That's one pretty solid lunch that little boy brought, isn't it? In the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, Jesus says, do not worry what you will eat. Your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. Remember what he says? Consider the flowers of the field and the birds of the air. And you are worth more than many birds. I love that. <laughs> not a million birds. <laughs> You're worth more than several birds. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Amen. How about this that we're going to pray in just a couple of minutes? Give us this day our daily bread. This is another of those provision stories that we see in the scriptures. What's the point of this encounter between Elijah and the widow and the God who sees and provides? It is God's job to watch over us. It is God's job to care for us. It is our job simply to trust Him with everything we have. Although, that's not all that simple sometimes, is it? Beautifully sung psalm. Turn there in your bulletin, please. Anytime I try to read through the Bible every year, and, if, and every time we come to the Psalms, or you can read the Psalms through every month, the Book of Common Prayer has got a rubric all set out so you can read through all 150 Psalms in 31 days. It's great. I love when you get to the end of the Psalms. They get really short and really happy. I can get through a lot of Psalms that way. And... This psalm is no exception. Lots of hallelujahs, lots of praising the Lord. Oh, my soul, I will praise the Lord as long as I live. But look, God runs to the rescue of the marginalized and the troubled. Right in the middle of the psalm, he says, got to turn the page. On the top right there, starting in verse 6. God gives justice to those who are oppressed, food to those who are hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts those who are bowed down. Ever feel bowed down? The Lord sees you, and He will lift you up. The Lord loves the righteous. He cares for the stranger. He sustains the orphan and the the widow, it's almost like the divisors of the lectionary knew it was stewardship season when they compiled these readings. There's the widow again. Here's another widow. Here are all those who are marginalized in, and in, in trouble. Remember what our Lord said.
Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He sees those. He looks out on, with compassion on those uh, who are hungry. That's where the feeding of the 5,000 came from. It's not that Jesus needed something else to do, and the apostles certainly didn't have a clue. Hey, Lord, they need to go to Burger King. He's like, hey, you be Burger King yourself. How? How? I'm grateful that it was St. Andrew who brought the lunch. He had a tiny bit of vision, which is about the size of the vision that this Andrew has too. What's the point of the psalmist reminding us that the Lord sees and cares for the oppressed and the widow and the outcast? It is God's job to see us, whatever our trouble might be. It is our job in return to praise Him. But sometimes, given our situation, praise involves a surprising amount of trust. Praise is an act of faith. St. Paul says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. I'm so glad he said, In all circumstances, not for all circumstances. It takes a lot of faith to say thank you, especially when you are in trouble. But Jesus was thinking of you when he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Should we praise God even when we can't see the answer? Even when all seems lost? Absolutely. In fact, that's the time where your praise really counts. That's the time where praise takes faith. To believe that the direness of the situation is not the end of the story. It's the beginning of the story of the way the Lord will once again see you in your circumstance and miraculously provide for you. He is coming with deliverance in His wings. Hebrews chapter 9. This is going to seem a little like a left turn because there are no widows in this passage, but bear with me, will you? This is the scene where Jesus removes our sins by his one sacrifice of himself. We'll get to the reading in just a moment. Stay here with me because I want to give you a little bit of explanation about the Jewish sacrificial system. In order to have their sins covered, God responded to the Israelites' faith when they brought sacrifices, goats, grain, cattle, sheep, and these covered their sins by God's grace. This is especially true on one day of the year, the Day of Atonement. And that's the day where the high priest makes a sacrifice and then brings the blood into the Holy of Holies. There's one day a year that they can go into the Holy of Holies where the presence of God is at the Ark of the Covenant. And there's only one man who can do it, and that's the high priest. Wise-thinking priests and Levites thought, okay, well, what if he blasphemes or commits a sin and God strikes him down because nobody else is allowed to go in there? So you know what they did? They tied bells 
to one leg of the high priest, and they tied a rope around his other leg. And if the bells stopped long enough, they knew they had to drag him out. This was serious business to make atonement, to offer blood for the sins of Israel. And that's what happened year after year after year. And that's why we call it the Day of Atonement. It means covering. And so our sins were covered by our faith and God's grace accepting the sacrifice of bulls and goats instead of the sacrifice of ourselves. And all of this stopped on Good Friday at 3.05 p.m. Our Lord died and entered into the heavenly temple, of which the earthly temple was just a copy, the text says. And instead of the blood of bulls and goats, he brought his own blood. And instead of every year, it was once for all, the sins of many. And that's when all of our sins, past, present, and future, were forgiven. This is what the writer of Hebrews is talking about. And this is why it rang so curiously clear to the children of Israel when John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This was the once-for-all sacrifice that all the other sacrifices looked forward to. That's what's going on here. Now you can turn to your bulletin. For Christ, the writer of Hebrews says... For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made by human hands, a mere copy of the true one, but he entered into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Nor was it to offer himself again and again as the high priest enters the holy place year after year with blood that is not his own. Skip down a little. He has appeared once for all at the end of the age to remove, not to cover, to remove the sin, sin by the sacrifice of himself. He who knew no sin, Corinthians says, became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. The Lord sees you in your need and the Lord provides for that need by the blood of his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Once again, God sees. Once again, God does for us what we cannot do for ourselves in the person of His own Son, a sacrifice for the whole world. When, you might ask, does this happen? Oh, thank you. Thank you, Father Matthew. This happens two days after the story of the widow's might. So, Turn there in your bulletin. Don't read yet. Let me set the scene of this widow who gave all she had. This is Holy Week. This is Holy Tuesday. Sunday, Palm Sunday, palms, the branches. Monday, he's flipping over the tables of the temple. There's Jesus trying to get our relationship with money right again. This is Holy Tuesday, and one of the last things
things we ever hear Jesus doing is sitting at the temple by the treasury. And these treasuries are these big jars that were made of metal, and the rich were so proud to throw their coins in so that everybody could hear how much they were, you know, it was like a, like a, uh, you know, a jackpot machine. Ding, 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 ding. And everybody was so proud of how much they could give. This is Tuesday. The, the Last Supper is on Thursday. Thursday night, the trials and the beatings all night long. The Friday morning, the crucifixion. Three o'clock, he passes away. He breathes his last. Two chapters earlier in the Gospel of Mark that we read today is the rich young ruler. Again, Jesus dealing with money as a symbol of what happens in the heart. The rich young ruler comes, Lord, what do I need to do to inherit heaven? Jesus says, oh, give away all your money, and he gets really sad. But be careful, because Mark includes a detail that nobody else mentions. In Mark chapter 10, he says, what do I need to do? All these things I've done since I was a kid. And before Jesus tells him what to do about his money, Jesus looked at him and loved him. He told him to do those things with his money because the money had his heart instead of God having his heart. The Lord sees you. And his response to seeing you in all of your sin, in all of your strength, the Lord loves you. This is the message of the gospel. Two and a half days after he calls the disciples to pay attention to the widow, he dies and enters heaven and makes the ultimate gift and the ultimate covering of our sins, removal of our sins. It's one of the last things he does, one of the last things he says, and here again, our Lord notices the widow. The words in the Greek are a little ambivalent because it says that she was poor, but that word could mean the same as poor in spirit. It says that she was a widow, but that word could also mean she was alone. The Lord sees you at your worst and His response is to love you. His blessing is for the poverty of the heart. She gave everything she had. In the very chapter, Jesus has just finished giving the great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your mind and your strength. And here she is doing it, giving everything she has to live on. She doesn't do it to be seen and nobody's going to hear those little mites ringing against the urn. But Jesus sees it because God always sees what we do for him. And he points it out to his disciples. Come quick, look at this. And it's one of the last examples that he gives to his disciples and to all of us of how to follow God in faith, giving God everything. It doesn't matter how much or how little is in your hands. It matters how much is in your heart for God. I brought some widow's mites. You can get them on Amazon for $7.99. <laughs> These are actually replicas. The real ones cost, you know, $20 or $30, and I didn't think that that would be responsible on a sermon about money. Here they are. Can you see them? Good. You're not supposed to. They're tiny. These are actually double-sized. They're really the size of your fingertip. These are called lepta. 
It takes 336 of these to make one drachma. A drachma is a day's wage. This, right here, is worth six minutes of a day's labor. Twelve minutes of a day's labor was all she had. It's worth an eighth of a penny. Mother Teresa says, we cannot all do great things, but we can do small things with great love. It doesn't matter what you have, it matters your heart, and that He has it. Now I'm going to go from preaching to meddling, because our money is not our own. <laughs> what do you mean, Lazo? I earned it. <laughs> but who gave you the gifts to get a job? Who gave you the opportunity? Who provided the means of transportation for you to get there? Who gave you the opportunity to earn that money, to do that hard work? Who made you able and gifted? Who but the one who gives us all good gifts and all strength to work? This blessed widow remembers that everything she has comes from the God who sees her and that her daily bread depends on God. Like the widow in Elijah, like the widows in the Psalms, she gets it. And she is the kindred spirit of the one who goes to the cross to give all. So maybe this is a stewardship sermon after all. How are you stewarding your heart? God sees us. He wants to tr us to trust Him with everything and for everything. Christ shows us His way, for He gave Himself on our behalf, so that we should give everything great and small for him, he sees you, he loves you. Respond by giving him yourself. This is not about our pledge. Our pledge is just an outward sign acknowledging what God has done for us. What small things can we do this week? Sure, make your pledge. Pick up your leaf, I got one. We, we fulfilled, we, Shireen got the leaves out there to provide, we went to Harris Teeter. We got it, we're doing it. We're, we're trying. Small things. Forgive people. See those at the margins and reach out in love. Write that note. Give God space in your home. Spend time with Him every day. Pray. Read your scriptures. And yes, make a pledge, but not out of a pocketbook, but a pledge of the heart and your life. You know the prayer that we're about to pray. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give Him thanks and praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives. In the tradition of the Reverend Ruth and the bishop last week, I'll take a tip from them, and we'll let C.S. Lewis have the last word. Anybody surprised? In Mere Christianity, Lewis says, Christ says, give me all. I don't want so much of your time, so much of your money, and so much of your work. I want you. I have not come to torment your natural self, but to kill it. No half measures are any good. I don't want to cut off a branch here or a branch there. I want to have the whole tree down. I don't want to drill the tooth or crown it or stop it but have it out. Hand over the whole natural self, 
all the desires which you think innocent, as well as the ones you think wicked, the whole outfit. I will give you a new self instead. In fact, I will give you myself. My own will shall become yours. Give up yourself, and you will find your real self. Lose your life, and you will save it. Submit to death, death of ambitions, your favorite wishes every day, and death of your whole body in the end. Submit with every fiber of your being, and you will find eternal life. Keep back nothing. Nothing that you have not given away will really be yours. Nothing in you that has not died will ever be raised from the dead. Look for yourself and you will find in the long run only hatred, loneliness, despair, rage, ruin, and decay. But look for Christ and you will find him and with him everything else thrown in. Look for Christ and you will find him. And even better, we will be found by him to the glory of God. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the All Saints Podcast. To download future episodes automatically, you can subscribe and have the episodes delivered to you each week by going to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and clicking subscribe. And if you've liked the podcast so far, we would really appreciate it if you took a few minutes to give us a rating. As always, please be well, stay safe, and God bless.